From Washington, this is Talking Tax. I'm your host, Amanda Icone. If you've been following the news, you probably know that a lot of people have made a lot of money investing in GameStop, AMC theaters, and other stocks touted on the online message board, Wall Street Bets. That was the fun part. Now comes the less fun part, paying taxes on all those gains. And that's going to be no easy task for many of these online day traders. First, they may have to assemble a log of every trade they made during all of the past year. Second, the commission-free trading app Robinhood, a favorite among the Wall Street bets crowd, has been late in getting many of its clients the annual tax documents that they need. So what's a newly minted GameStop millionaire to do? To find out, we spoke to Andy Phillips, a director at H&R Block's research arm called the Tax Institute. Andy spoke to Bloomberg Taxes' David Hood about what investors should be thinking about if they reaped big gains in 2020 and what they can do if their brokerage isn't sending them the tax documents that they need. Generally, you're going to get a 1099B for stock sales. But a lot of times when you're investing, you're going to have other um, income associated with that brokerage account, common or dividends, interest, and then what, we, what are called capital gain distributions. And so a lot of times you're going to get a consolidated 1099 from whatever brokerage you work with that's going to have all those 1099s included. But making sure that you have that and you're using that to complete your tax return um, is, is incredibly important, um, just kind of as baseline. And then from there, you know, it, the, the, the next steps you're going to take are really going to depend on the level of activity you had, the types of transactions you had. And so instead of really diving deep on that, I'll just say, you know, it depends a little bit on, on what's going on with, with your particular situation. Yeah, talk, talking about getting all the the documents, we we heard um, that Robinhood was was late on on sending ten ninety nine to 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 their clients. Um, but speaking more broadly, what what happens if a taxpayer doesn't get these forms on time from from their brokerage firm? Like, say I'm a taxpayer and I never get one. What do I need to do? Well, yeah, there's a couple things. And the first thing to know is even if you don't get an information reporting document, it's still taxable income. You know, there's kind of often said in jest, but there's that kind of joke, oh, if there's no 1099, it's not taxable. Well, that that rule isn't true. It's just kind of funny to say. Um, but it's, you know, there's two things. One, you know, you reach out to the brokerage and you, uh, you, you request it. You say, Hey, when can I expect my 1099? And so you take proactive steps to get that document as quick as possible and then reconstruct your records. You know, you are going to have account statements even if you don't have a 1099. Um, and so do your best to reconstruct your transactions. I will say that it's, you know, maybe they're a day or two late in some instances. It's not common really at all that someone doesn't get a 1099B, um, at least from the more, you know, well-known prominent platforms. And so, yeah, I know there was, there was a, you know, a, a lot of focus with those being late, but that you would not get one would be, uh, pr- pretty surprising. Um, I, I guess if the, the company's is, is swamped and, um, and can't get through, um, is there is the IRS going to be like lenient? Are they going to be 
taxpayer friendly. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, you know, and how I'd kind of think about that is is document the steps you're taking to both obtain a 1099 and then kind of the diligence you went through to reconstruct your records and make sure you retain that documentation. Report your, you know, complete your return as accurate as possible based on the information you have. Should the IRS send a notice where you maybe missed a transaction? Um, you know, the, the underlying tax liability is what it is. But when it comes down to any potential penalties, you know, for that mistake, that's where you're going to, you know, probably you know, want to submit an explanation to the IRS. Of, These are the steps I took to get ahead of this. And unfortunately, you know, I just missed one. And so you you would probably experience um, you can't totally predict what the IRS is going to do. But that would sound like a situation where you'd be able to make a, a pretty strong argument of reasonable cause or that you took the right diligent steps to actually prepare your tax return. Yeah, what, why is it important to have all the documents and everything from the, the brokerage firm? Yeah, so a lot of times you may not realize that you had dividends. You know, if they stay within the account, you may have them where they're just immediately reinvested so you don't realize all the income sources you have. Likewise, that 1099B for your actual stock sales is going to give you really reliable and good information to know for each transaction. When did I buy the stock? When did I sell it? How much did I pay for it and how much did I sell it for? So you're reporting the proper amount of gain or loss and then you're reporting the proper holding period. So there's a, you know, the the way that capital gains are taxed is that there's short and long-term capital gains and tax rates are much more favorable on long-term capital gains. And in some instances, you may even enjoy a a 0% tax rate on your capital gains or some portion of them. What's really important is that to get that treatment, you have to hold the uh, the asset for over one year. And so that 1099B is going to give you the information to know that. And then in some unique circumstances, particularly if you're a pretty active trader, you may have things like wash sales or other, uh, you know, kind of other transactions that the 1099B is going to report for you that uh, you don't want to kind of have to recreate your, uh, you know, go through your account statements and recreate all of that. Yeah, talking about wash sales and the wash sale rule, what what sort of issues should retail traders look out for? What sort of, uh, I guess, challenges do you expect a lot of these folks are going to run into this tax season. Yeah, so I think after the fact, what you're looking for is the 1099B is going to tell you when you have a wash sale. And so what that means kind of after the fact is you may find, oh, I had a capital loss where I sold a stock, but within a certain time period, which I'll lay out here in a minute, but within a certain time period, I bought back that same stock. And I triggered a wash sale that means I don't get to immediately deduct the loss. And so what a wash sale is or or when it occurs is when someone sells a stock or security at a loss and then within 30 days before or after. So it's important to remember you look both ways 30 days. They buy substantially identical stock or securities or acquire it somehow. But it's basically preventing you from harvesting a, a tax deductible loss by selling a stock that it's at in a lost position and immediately turning around and buying it again 
to then, you know, take advantage of the loss, but then preserve your position in the stock. And so there's a special rule that says you don't get to currently deduct that loss. You add it to the basis of the new stock. And so again, there's planning there to make sure you don't trigger those rules if you're trying to uh, structure a sale. On the back end, it's making sure you don't report that on your tax return as a deductible loss because the IRS is going to get that same information on the 1099B and know it's a wash sale transaction. This sounds complicated um, for so-called couch traders. Uh, What are some of the penalties or um, consequences for getting, say, a return wrong? and what can a taxpayer do about it? Yeah, so the that's that's a great question. And and we'll start with what they can do about it. The first one is just preparing an accurate return. Right. 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 <laughs> so what what the, the two common situations you'll see is that you fail to report a transaction or you, you know, you just underreport your taxes. And what you're looking at is a, you know, an underpayment penalty. Um, if that's not corrected by the due date of the return and ultimately you end up owing more money, then you've underpaid, right? You've underpaid what your tax liability is and you're going to, at least initially, you're going to be subject to penalties for underpaying tax. And then, and then you're going to be subject to interest on that underpayment from the due date until you make payment. In some instances, you may qualify for relief from the penalties, but that interest is not going to be waived. So that's the first one. If you have a substantial understatement, um, you may get into accuracy-related penalties. Again, there's reasonable cause exceptions where you may be able to uh, you know, make a case to have that penalty abated, but that's not a guarantee. So instead of figuring out on the back end how to you know, maybe work around that, it's really important to just proactively get in front of it and uh, make sure you've got all your tax documents like we started with and that you're reporting them accurately. Um, I guess the 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 longer this kind of thing drags on, um, what 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 could happen to a taxpayer besides um, incurring incurring penalties? Like, what kind of you know what's going through a taxpayer's mind if if they want to file now but they don't have their forms? Yeah, I mean, you know, when when it comes down to it, you know, I think you know you you have some options, but you know you. If, if you're not going to get a 1099 and you know that, that's, that's going to be a rare situation, right? But if you know that, you're going to best as you can reconstruct your records and file. If it's, if it's just a delay, you have to make a decision on how confident you are in your own information to say, I think I've got this. I think I've got it right. I'm going to go ahead and file. Um, generally, you know, HR Block, you know, we would recommend that you wait to get that 1099. If you're pushing up on the due date, you may, decide to go ahead and request an extension. But it's important to know that an extension of time to file, which is granted automatically for individuals when they file a form 4868, it's not an extension of time to pay. So you want to kind of try to calculate what you think you're going to owe and pay at least 90% of that when you make that extension request. You do have then until April, or excuse me, October 15th to file your tax return. And you're going to, you know, as long as you, you know, got within that 90% threshold, you're going to avoid any penalties. That does give you more time. Now, if you're in a situation where otherwise you'd be due a refund, then it's a really personal and individual decision. And if you're lacking confidence that you've got it right, you may want to wait or you want to just speak with a professional and they may be able to help you with some ideas to reconstruct your records. 
But again, if you've just got a few stock transactions, it's going to be a lot easier than if you're like a, a really active, like a day trader or something like that. If you're a day trader, you've got a ton of transactions. It's going to be really hard to reconstruct that, particularly when you maybe have some wash sales mixed in and things like that. Um, I want to take a bigger sort of step back here. Like, why do we tax securities like this? And is this sort of system uh, antiquated for 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 retail traders? Which I guess in the last three years, with with these no no commission um, platforms, sort of took off. Like, why why is this? The way, yeah. So I think you know, even even today, at a at a at a level of of simplicity, a lot of people will get a ten ninety nine B and be like, "Oh my gosh, there are like two hundred transactions on here. Do I really have to key in every single one of these?" And in a lot of cases, you don't. What you can do, there's really two options. One is, um, you know, if you get if you get a ten ninety nine B you may be able to actually aggregate all of your short-term transactions and report them directly on your tax return on, on Form 8949. Um, and then all of your long-term transactions. So in a lot of cases, what you can do is aggregate your transactions and it makes the reporting a lot more simple because instead of reporting 200 transactions, you're reporting the aggregate gains and losses. And then in some instances, even where, you know, where you're not eligible to do that, if you get a uh, if you get a statement that's very similar to a eighty nine forty nine from your from your brokerage house, you may be eligible to still aggregate your gains and losses, report those on your tax return, and then either as what's called an e file attachment or something that's sent separately with with a form eighty four fifty three, you can send that aggregate statement in lieu of keen in each transaction. It reduces risk that you get it wrong. You know, a lot of times you're able to import those um, anyway. So it's the risk isn't as high now, but still it does save some time and some simplicity. So there are some things to do today to to make that more simple. Beyond that, you know, I think uh, you know it, it's just the devils are in the detail in, in each situation of of what could be due to what what could be done to make it you know easier. But again, I'd lean back into for those folks that are moving into this space. You know, knowledge is is empowering and understanding what the rules are. It helps you understand and plan for success if you really know how your different transactions are going to be treated. That was Andy Phillips, a director at the Tax Institute, the research arm for H&R Block. You can find up to the minute news on the latest tax and accounting developments at our website, news.bloombergtax.com. That website, once again, is news.bloombergtax.com. And if you have any thoughts about what you just heard, reach out to us on Twitter. We use the handle at tax, that's at T-A-X. Today's episode of Talking Tax was produced by David Hood and David Schultz. Patrick Ambrosio is our editor. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. From Washington, I'm Amanda Icone. Those nine justices in Washington, they can be pretty hard to keep track of. That's where we come in. I'm Jordan Rubin. And I'm Kimberly Robinson. On our podcast, Cases and Controversies, we give you a week-by-week accounting of the Supreme Court. The filings, the arguments, the opinions, and much, much more. So check in on Fridays with Cases and Controversies to find out what's coming up on the horizon at the Supreme Court. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.